Hi there friends and welcome back to Walking on Water. What you're about to listen to is clip number two of three of Ayanda and myself talking about Black Lives Matter and uh, all the constellation of issues surrounding that. So if you haven't listened to the first clip on Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter and Knowing History, you can go back and listen to that. But this one is going to be talking a little bit about Black Lives Matter, police brutality and hypocrisy. And the third episode is also going to be coming up in a little while as well. So this is the second one you're about to listen to. Take a listen and enjoy. But um, but what do you what do you think though in terms of, because again for some people it's like oh, why are you talking about stuff from America and da 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 like but what 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 does 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 Black Lives Matter or the sentiment behind it, and the issues that surround brutality that kind of thing, do you think that or what what relevance do you think it has towards South Africa mm. and the issues we have here in this space. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. Initially, I was very touched. I was like, why did did something have to happen in the U.S. to black lives in the U.S. for for it to trickle into speaking about O'Connor's Cossa, who was killed here? Like, Mm. weren't we able to to say no on our own? And so I felt that, like, just the, the cultural power of black American culture in South Africa... Um, I was mm. talking with a friend that, like, if you go to any barber shop in South Africa, you're going to find a picture of Jay-Z, Nelly, Nelly um, Asha, like, everyone with, like, the hairstyles, right, of, like, how you want yeah. to get your hair. Um, and for me, that speaks, like, the cultural, the cultural whateverness of Black American culture mm. in South Africa. And so I went through that emotion. And then I think the second emotion was, like, it is what it is, right? Like, we do live in this global um, global world where, where Blackness mm. is transcending um, borders, right? And so in South Africa, during Freeze Must Fall and Roads Must Fall in particular, we saw yeah. the pull effect across the UK, across the US, and other um, European and African countries that were saying, actually, there are, they are artifacts of colonialism in this country that's tipping down. And so I mm. moved between those two things, saying that, like, ouch, <laughs> um, a dominant voice had to first affirm something for us to wake up to our own um and then secondly was you know what we actually do form part of a global um experience and so and 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 if the globalness of how we experience blackness enables us to to be free to talk about it then it doesn't matter where it comes from well also Mm -hmm. be mindful of how power performs itself and so i think i mean i didn't know about um i think until around the time where his name was being hashtagged with the other people who were killed by the Saka Defense Force. And so I didn't even know, you know, and I find I think of myself as someone who's very available to news and social media. And so mm. clearly I needed Black Lives Matter to trickle down to South Africa to to know those stories. Um, and I think that's more indicative of me. That's an indictment on who what I prioritize as news. And so I also saw that as like not judgment in like a harsh way, but like um 
yeah, I think just like a critique on my own view of what is newsworthy. And so I think I just moved between those two. Mm, sure. Mm, those two spaces, um, which were hard because I had to also just like be really introspective about like what, who is on my newsfeed. Yeah. And why was it easier to find the stories of George Floyd? Um, and then there was the other element that was quite upsetting for me was um, when the Minister of Health released the video that week and was like, um, the killing of George Floyd was the most violent expression of um, state violence on someone that we've ever seen as a country. And I was like, um, mm. oh, no, no. Yeah. Like, really? yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay. And I think it, it, it's the part of me that like, feels like there was this exceptionalization of the Black American experience. Um, and we we did that on our own. I don't think American people did that. We did that on our own, where we exceptionalized that experience as though we don't encounter daily. So I think that, again, that was an indictment on who and how we view ourselves as as Black people in the global economy. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's a, there's that dynamic to it, isn't there, as well? That it's yeah. not simply about Blackness, but also it seems like they are gradations i guess of blackness um okay. or gradations in terms of like value even within the black community as well like yeah you might mm. value and hear more of those stories than we might hear our own stories um, there was also the element that you brought up around like afrophobia right where i think in south yeah. africa blackness is a very weird thing that i think as south african we are constantly contending with where right. blackness is south africanness and so it was also quite weird to see us saying Black Lives Matter, but also having lots of xenophobia taking place at the yeah. same time. Being mindful of like all the different, the money that was being poured in to support South Africans during COVID, a lot of that money wasn't available to foreign nationals. Mm. And so it was quite a weird thing also for me as I think to see my lament for Black lives, but also being mindful of the institutional xenophobic culture that I find myself in as well. Yeah. Um, and I wondered, like, how you were navigating that as well, having been in the U.S., having been South African, um, living yeah. in South Africa, but also being Zimbabwean. Well, I think there's, for, for me, I guess, is just being acutely aware of just occupying, I guess, a third space in some mm. ways, right? Of, like, like when you're in America, you're Black, but you're not African-American. Uh-huh. So you're not, so some of the issues there, there's a, there's a, there's a degree of separation from them. Um, but also being here, you're black, but you're also Zimbabwean as well. So there's mm-hmm. elements of sometimes you get you catch you catch heat from black South Africans because you're not South African. But sometimes you also then, but it also opens you up also potentially to being being leveraged by white South Africans against black South Africans as well. So, yeah. so there's, this, there's this weird like third space that you end up sort of like occupying where it's like for all intents and purposes you are you are black in those spaces but there's mm. still gradations and again it goes back to that thing of within again with black communities are not they're not homogenous so within those within those spaces there's still some differentiations and distinctions that also still happen there as well mm. and some of those also do tend to be violent i mean vis a vis a the whole afrophobia and the fact that killings of black foreigners uh, African foreigners within on South African soil are often met, especially with some 
MECs and some other people in authority with a with a shrug and ah, but they bring uh-huh. they bring drugs and crime. Uh-huh. But if it, if it were to be a German tourist uh-huh. or a bunch of German tourists being killed, there would there wouldn't be a shrug. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So there's there's, there's there's those things too where it's like, yeah, man, like the we 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 have to we have to I think maybe call out some of some of those hypocrisies I think that are there where we like if we do say Black Lives Matter then we need to actually see ourselves actually living some of that out. We need to find a situation where the South African police, I mean, yeah. dude, like it's actually shocking when you think of the statistics and the numbers, the number of like thousands of complaints against the police here in South Africa yeah. for, for torture, rape cases against oh. police officers, complaints about, yeah, I mean, people, people dying in police custody, yeah. um, I mean the the numbers are actually staggering. I mean I'll, I'll put some of the I'll put some of the links um down so in the yeah. speak for themselves. But yeah, but the numbers are shocking. Um the number of people that are that are dying within police custody. I mean some people hanging themselves with electrical cords wow. committing suicide. Like how do you get an electrical cord when you're in custody mm-hmm. in jail? How does that happen? How do you how do the police not remove if there's stuff on you? How do they not take it off you? why do the police kill so many people in the interactions that they have with people right. um, there's so there's so much of that stuff that's that's present and some of it i will i probably will lay it at the at the feet of the the higher ups mm-hmm. and we were talking about this a little bit earlier the yeah. be it ministers or whoever you know, the minister ministers of police or defense or whatever uh local local ministers who talk about a big trailer being one of them mm. um talk about yeah criminals don't carry feather dusters and you must mm, be willing to use, you must be willing to use lethal force and to be like yeah you must use the maximum amount of force possible without even calling for for, for training to de-escalate or use less lethal means and then you're like how how, how in danger are the police that they need mm. to be shooting to kill like all the time like how mm. how many cops actually die in in you know on, on when they when they're on duty to actually warrant that sort of an approach and i was looking at some of the statistics dude like it's crazy like there's there's like for the 2018-2019 period yeah there's about 77 cops that died and the vast majority of that were officers that were actually off duty mm. so it's like when they're actually on the job not that many cops actually get killed when they're on the job and again for each cop that gets killed it's terrible that that actually happens but it's not like it's such a huge number that you need to take this emerging threat yeah like use lethal force every single opportunity or every single every single time when there might be danger whatever use lethal force i mean and that's that's problematic because that then means that every interaction is likely to be a lethal one it will end yeah because the police are coming in knowing okay i'm gonna shoot because that's what I'm being told to do mm. by the higher ups, and that's what I'm being given permission to do. So there's also those deep issues that are there in terms of even our own policing within here in, here in South Africa, where it's like the police are using excessive force, people are being tortured, they are assaulting people. Um, that's what we were talking about just now of mm. the woman in Langa who was coming to report um, that she had been that she'd been raped by a family member, who ends up getting pepper sprayed by the police for what reason i don't know and her mom she tries to intervene she gets pepper sprayed too for coming to come in for coming in reporting rape in the midst of this gender-based violence pandemic that we have and we're saying we're encouraging people to come and report 
and you get pepper sprayed That's... by the cops. Oh. It's like, seriously? So there, there's a deep problem there. And it's such an odd thing for me because, I mean, we spoke about earlier that like part of, I think we've always known that there's an issue of, of excessive force used by police in South Africa yeah. as a whole, whether it's um, when we see student protests, when you see um, what happened at, at, at Marigana and so forth. Yeah. But I think there was something particularly unique for us to see the stark policing of during COVID, right? While we're still in it. Sure. That, I mean, <laughs> I laugh, but it's like there were so many people who were being brutally and badly handled by police for not yeah. wearing masks, for not being um, inside their yards. Ukodens Koza um, is a South African who was killed, um, mm. who dies with the hand of police. I mean, I live in I live in a suburb, right? Guys, not a single day did I see police officers in those first few weeks of COVID. And I was seeing lots of white people living their best lives, myself included. Like I was walking around the street, I was going to the garage, I was going to here and there. Um, and not once was I stopped, right? And so mm. I was also aware that my experience, my black experience during COVID was being mitigated through my relative class privilege. That the level of, I mean, even my mom, like the level of brute force that she would be exposed to as a black woman would be radically different to the one that I'm exposed to purely sure. because we live in, in, in different economic worlds. Um, and I think that was quite an ugly thing to, to expose to us how we value white life over black life, but also how we value um, rich life over mm. black poor life. The wealthy um, over the poor, right? mm-hmm. and I think I think while there isn't always that um, racial dynamic between the ways in which the police um, and South Africans function, but there definitely is the class element that does facilitate a different encounter with the police. And that's yeah. not to say that there isn't any violence in the suburbs. That is not, that is not to say that um, rich black people aren't profiled um, in many ways. But I think there is a way in which I experience. Um, what state police is mitigated because of where we live. Um, to this day, I haven't seen any police officers where I live that are meandering about waiting to tell me to put on my mask or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah. You've, got, you've got to wonder about that, about what's what's happening with the... Uh, yeah, with also the situation. And also, you, find, you do find situations where people want to report to the cops um, when something bad has happened or whatever and sometimes within the within the townships the cops don't come when they're called to come <laughs> nope but but in situations where it's like okay but they they over police when they don't need to mm. and then they under police when they're actually needed to so there's also to. questions around that too and resource allocation and all that stuff so i mean these mm. are conversations that we we also need to be having even as much as it's it's nice and easy for our politicians to say black lives matter but you know, in, in concert with everybody else who's hashtagging or whatever, but those disparities and those those issues need to also be resolved as well. And which black what, lives? Yeah, which ones? Mm, that's and, what I'd ask. I'd say yeah. I hear you. Which, which ones? ones? Which ones? Um, and so that that also is something that needs to also be questioned and challenged. Thank you.
days I can see what's up Gotta close my eyes and just pray about it Most times when you hit me up I know you want something, I feel a way about it Married now, got the kid coming Got my mind spinning like a merry-go-go Ears open to them old heads When they come around, I speak very slow I gotta double down on this Baby, we gon' have to budget down on that It's been a long time, Sam Cook with a change coming all facts. I can see the strange fruit all black. Jango's candy, yell phrase. See the bullet carrying a noose. Billy now has blood on them leaves. Hold up, look, I cannot anticipate it. It's overrated. I am no longer a slave through the cross. I know mama, we made it. Congratulations. Through his image, we are made it. This spirit is giving me patience for all the races. Privileged performing hate in this ignorance. I rise above. I slide them love. Shout my light all in their face and oh, they cannot take it. Sophia's through it. I escape the matrix. Escape like 95, who can I run to? The arms of the one who loves you, 98ers. I am the latest. I am your favorite right now in the sun. Therefore, I am a raisin. I am a raisin? Raisin in the sun. Sydney Portier with it. Check out the cadence. Woo!